I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. This is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, hosted by Mark Guidi, Paul Lambert, and Marvin Barkley. Proud to lead this group of players. Hopefully, they can make us all smile at the end of the game. I want Scotland to win desperately. Go Scotland! Yes, good evening to the Go Radio Football phone and we are live from the Radisson Red Hotel in Glasgow with some of our listeners are here to join us. Let's make some noise ahead of the Scotland-England clash. And I'm delighted to say I am joined tonight by a Scotland legend, former captain of our country, Mr Paul Lambert. And in the interest of fairness, on my left-hand side... We've got the talking Englishman, but he's an adopted Scot. Marvin Bartley, the Livingston player, assistant manager. Gentlemen, great to have you on the show tonight. Paul, how does it feel to be back in Glasgow two hours before kick-off? Such a massive game. Well, it's huge. I think it's absolutely huge. We can't afford to lose it. If we lose it, I think it's going to be really tough. But I don't think it's as frightening as what a lot of people think. The game, I think, I think it's open. I think we've got good players in there. It's the first time in... Many a year, many a year that the lads are competing at the same level as England, whereas previous managers have had a hard, hard task to, to pick lads that are in Man United or Arsenal or Liverpool. So we've got that. England are great, great side. Don't take that away from them. But any given game we can win. Marv, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's 11 v 11. I, I do make England the favourites, I think. It's a special team, you know, from the middle third to the, the front three. Um, I think England have very, very special players and and a lot of world-class players. Um, I think in all my time of supporting England, I think this is the best they've been going forward, if I'm totally honest with you. Normally, it's the defence that's super tight, and then, you know, you have the odd um, hint of gold in the, in the final third, where I think it's, you know, it's kind of reversed now. The defence is probably the shakiest part for England, but definitely the middle to the final third, I, I believe they're world-class players. Paul, when you think back to Monday afternoon, disappointing result, 2-0 defeat to the Czech Republic. Uh, we need to get something tonight. We need at least... A point when you think back to the starting 11 on Monday, any changes that you would make? Anybody that you'd like to see brought in tonight? A Billy Gilmer, a Nathan Patterson, a David Turnbull, a Che Adams, you know, anybody like that from the from the start when you reflect on the starting lineup on, on Monday? Well, Tierney's fit, he's got to play. I think he was missed really badly. As I said to you earlier, you can't have 3v1 at the back. That's an impossibility. And they're going to have that against Harry Kane. You've got one of your centre-backs have got to step in, which releases one of their midfielders. I like to see John McGinn higher up, playing this behind, whether it's Shea Adams or whether it's Dykes. I think Adams will come in just because he's speed, because I think Mings and, and Stones have got a mistake in him. 
at that level. The midfield is, is crucial for us. We have to we have to get a foothold in it. I just think the lads that played on Saturday didn't really get a foothold in it. But I just think because of the back team never stepped in. John McGinn, Paul's mentioned there, Marvin, a guy that you know well from your time at Hibs, you'd like to see him go up one closer into the, the centre forward. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, John for Scotland um, has been absolutely brilliant, especially under Steve Clark. I think he's the, the top goal scorer for the country. And I actually spoke to John after the last game and, you know, they were hugely disappointed. Um, I think they felt it was a game they could have taken something from and probably should have. Um, I think it's a fantastic head of the first one and, and the second one's kind of a freak goal, isn't it? So, yeah, you know, John, John's definitely a, a more of an attacking player. Um, if you can get the ball up to, to the centre forwards and, and he can work off them, I think that's where he does his best work. And just at Hamden Park just now, Croatia are playing against the Czech Republic and Croatia have just equalised. So it's Czech Republic 1, Croatia 1. Paul, you're probably thinking we want to see a, a Czech Republic victory, put them onto six points so that Croatia have basically nothing to play for come um, Tuesday when we play against them. Well, a great scenario, but I think we, I don't think we should worry about this game. I think we have to get something from, from the Knights game because when you get into uh, the Croatia game, then you're going to have so many permutations. Does this team one? Is that team one? And it's not a good way to go into it. So I think the England game is the one that should everybody should just focus on. Right, as I say, we're live at the Radisson Red. I'm Mark Guidi, joined by Paul Lambert, 40 caps for Scotland, and Marvin Bartley, knee caps for England. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got our listeners in with us tonight, and I'm delighted to say that Chris from Airdrie is sitting down alongside us. Chris, how are you doing? I'm not bad, not bad. Good, you're looking well. Scotland top on, yep. the full bit. Ready to do. Are you thinking we can get a result tonight? I think so, I... I, I... Anything we'll take. We'll take a, an OG's, hitting off somebody's bum, we'll take anything. You know, we're Scottish. We fight to the end. What do you think? What would you like to ask Paul or, or Marvin about tonight's game? I think um, the big change the other day was when Forrest came on. don't know about you, Paul. I think he was a big miss from the start. The only reservation I've got about Forrest, if you're asking me to play a, a wing-back role, I'm not sure he's got the legs to go right up and do, right. and, and, and do that. That's the only thing I would say. You're right, going forward, I think, yeah. very good if he's got a full-back behind him. The, the right-wing-back role, you've got to be really athletic. That's yeah. why Robertson is in a, a league of his own on, yeah. on that side. That's my only reservation. I think the boy O'Donnell struggled. Aye. I really did. He I thought did. He, he looked a f as if he was nervous and things weren't going to happen for him. But Forrest, definitely going forward, I agree with that. Wing-back role, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Marvin, what do you think about that in terms of Paul saying that O'Donnell struggled? Uh, Chris would like to see Forrest in or, or Nathan Patterson, but is it an area of the team that Steve will have been looking really closely at making a change in? Yeah, I think after you lose a game, I think the manager looks at you know the whole pitch, not just just to single players out like that. Um, you know, I agree. I think when Forrest came on, he made a huge difference. Um, you know, and maybe Steve Clark will have a slight change in formation, maybe go to three-four-three to to allow Forrest, as Paul said, just to be doing that kind of attacking half yeah. rather than the defensive side. Um, I think Forrest obviously struggled with injuries throughout this season. And is he as fit as he possibly could be? No, I don't think he is. But, you know, when you've got pace, it, defenders, they fear it. You know, with Tyrone Mings down that side, and I expect probably Luke Shaw or Chilwell to come in to be more attacking, you know, on kind of the counter, I think Forrest would be devastating if you can get him in the final third. You mentioned pace, but one thing, Chris, that Nathan Patterson's got, probably his biggest attribute yeah. is pace. Yeah. He's got a fantastic burst of pace. And I wonder if that will be on Steve Clark's mind tonight in terms of the team selection. Yeah, as I said before, your left side is incredible. Your left side is the strongest part of the team. 
normally you want your striker to be your strongest pack. So that's what gets you the goals. But the two lads have done brilliant together. It's just the right side that just gives me a little bit of concern where we don't have that same drive from that side. If the boy Patterson can come in and do it and he's got the legs to do it, then it's, it's probably suited to him. Chris, what do you want to see up front? It was Lyndon Dykes got the nod. Maybe one or two of us were surprised ahead of Che Adams. Yeah. Would you put the two of them together or which one would you go for tonight? I would go for Che Adams, definitely. I don't think uh, Dykes is clinical enough. You've seen that the other day. We, we squandered umpteen chances and I think it'd be great if we could go two up front and just go for it, but he's not going to. He's going to play caution. But you've got to play Adams. Marv, Lyndon Dykes, former <laughs> teammate of yours, I'm sure you've been asked this a hundred times, put you in the spot. What do you, what do, you do? Former teammate and good friend, so... <laughs> <laughs> You know, if, I, if I'm looking at it and, uh, and I'm the manager, I probably would go with Che Adams as well um, for today's game. I think he's to freshen it up a bit. Obviously, Lyndon had a couple of opportunities. Um, he was disappointed not to do better with them. And I think, you know, if you're picking the team today, you don't want too many players going into the unknown. Che Adams plays in the Premier League against, you know, these centre-halves, you know, week in, week out. Um, so, you know, I think he'd be better suited for, for this game. Um, definitely, Lyndon can come on and make an impact, but obviously it's a squad game and, and I imagine that Che Adams will start. Another one that's been mentioned, Paul, former teammate of yours, who was a youngster breaking through at Celtic, David Marshall. Do you stick with David tonight, or is there any temptation to put Craig Gordon in? No, if you, if you drop him, you'll you, you crucify him. For, for a mistake, is it his fault? Probably in some people's eyes. In my own eyes, Jack Henry, as soon as Jack Henry steps in, he's got to pass it. No disrespect to Jack Henry, but I don't see him scoring for 30 yards. When there's too many bodies in front of him, we should have passed it until Ladder Dawn and that goal wouldn't have happened. Then your other problem becomes your two centre-halves don't pick up. That's your other problem. David Marshall's the third, is the third fault in it because maybe he's got his line. But Manuel Neuer's done that for the last 20 years and been the world's best goalkeeper. So the, go, the goal's brilliant, but there's so many mistakes before it that, that that's what caught him out. And Marshall didn't have much to do, but what he did do, was, it was fine. So that, I, would, I don't see any reason to change them, I really don't. Chris, Steve Clark, you know, really defended David Marshall after the game. Yeah. He also defended uh, Stephen O'Donnell from any criticism. What would you do with the, the, the goalkeeping situation? I agree with you, Paul. You've got to stay, stick with the guy that's in there the now. The guy that got us there. Because if you drop him tonight, he's, he'll, he's head will crumble and that'll be him. Craig Gordon's a fantastic goalkeeper, but you've got to stick by Marshall. Because he's got it there, he's top drawer. Mistake in him. Craig Gordon. Ah, I do. Yeah. I think in big moments and big games, <clears throat> for me, he's got a mistake in him. I know the lads had a decent career, but I think, he, I think he's, he's got, definitely got a mistake in him. And we just see some more of the Tartan Army coming in to join us here at the <laughs> Radisson Red Hotel. They weren't going to bother coming, and then they heard Chris <laughs> making some great points. They yeah. decided, right, we're going to get into the, the Radisson Red, and we'll be putting the two boys on the spot later on. Everybody settled in okay? We enjoying ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Marv, a wee bit about England. Obviously, we've got to do something against them um, tonight to get a, a result. Um, is there pressure on Gareth Southgate and the players tonight? Yeah, I think there's always pressure on, but especially playing against Scotland. You know, I think the, the media have built the game up massively. Uh, the fans have built the game up. Obviously, it would be a rivalry. I think the players have tried to play it down a bit, but they'll know that it's, it's vitally important. You know, I think when the groups were, were drawn and they were in the same group as Scotland, this is a game that all the fans wanted to win. So... There's a huge pressure on the players, uh, from, from the fans, uh, from the manager probably as well. And they want to go and perform as well. You know, they don't want to be looking at the back pages tomorrow and it's seen as an upset because Scotland have beaten them. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive game. 
Paul, Marvin mentioned earlier a potential weakness in the centre of defence. You were right at the heart of the England team. You know, John Stones, um, Tyrone, Mings, who also plays at your old club, Aston Villa. Do you agree with that? 100%. I think Mings, he's another defender that's got a mistake in him. I think he dives into a lot of stuff. I think he can get beat, beat when he gets too tight. I think he's got a mistake in him. I think he's, he looks overconfident in a lot of things he, he does. Stones, I think, is a really good footballer. But again, prone to making, a, making an error. But I definitely think Mings has got a mistake in him. And if we get if Che Adams does run him behind, then it's it, it's going to be a good foot race. Do you see Stuart Armstrong and, and, and Che Adams being an important part of it tonight, given their, their relationship at club level at Southampton? I thought Armstrong was poor, Mark. On Monday, I really did. I thought the game passed him by. And, I always say, when you go to that level of football, you've got to bring your A game to the table. And as soon as you fall below it, you end up getting done and you end up looking silly. So for me, I thought he was poor. I thought he was as poor as the three midfielders. Adams, I think, will definitely hurt you running in beyond. I'm not sure about his link up, but I'm not sure they're going to get too many chances to link up. So I think we'll need to run in behind. I think, as I said before, I'd put John McGinn up just behind him because I think McGinn's better when he's got that higher up the pitch role. And we will, we will speak about Billy Gilmer because it's a, it's a burning question that everybody's been speaking about since Monday afternoon. We'll speak about that in the next part of the show. We'll get Paul and Marvin's take on Billy Gilmer and whether he should start the game or not. But just to quickly flip back to the goalkeeping situation, Marvin, do you stick with David Marshall or do you think Steve Clark will be tempted in any way to, to put Craig Gordon in at Wembley tonight? No, personally, I'll be sticking with David Marshall as well. I think... Both goalkeepers are very similar uh, in ability, so I don't think there's any reason. You listen, it's, it's a wonder strike. You know, this that, that guy will hit that shot, you know, 50 other times and score it maybe one more time. So, you know, it's an absolute perfect hit. It starts outside the post and it curls in at the last minute. I don't think you can blame the goalkeeper for that, as Paul said. You know, Noy has been, you know, playing a sweeper keeper, and people have been, you know, going absolutely crazy about how good he is and how he sweeps up. So, if the border came through and Marshall kicked it away, everyone would have been saying fantastic positioning. So, yeah, for me, Marshall stays in. And uh, Sheik, just for your information, has scored for the Czech Republic tonight as Czech Republic won, Croatia won, and it was Sheik from the penalty spot that put the Czechs in the lead. Um, realistically, Chris, before we let you go and get back uh, a right good baby, yep. <laughs> what, what do you think for tonight? Realistically, what's going to happen? I think it'll be one nothing. one nothing at Scotland. In my heart, we can do it. Yeah. Doing it for the Tartan Army, all the boys that's down there. We've got to, we've got to do it tonight. We need three points because the way this game's going, if that gets a draw, it means when we go play Croatia, they've got a point. So we need a point or two or three. Have you got friends down at Wembley, down in London? Not that I know of, no. <laughs> no. Not very popular, no. no. Not very popular. <laughs> I was going to say, can I have a pint with your heaven? Not have you had. Not have you had. I'm waiting for my second. <laughs> get that drink over that, man. <laughs> well, now who's going to score? Who's going to get the goal? Um, like I say, I would take anyone to take it, but... I would pick somebody. James Forrest. James Forrest. Yep. Are you a Celtic supporter? I am. I'll buy you one, don't worry about that. <laughs> I'd also like Turnbull on and <laughs> Danny McGrain, Tommy, I had a lot of them. Junky. <laughs> a lot of them. One note has been a wee bit optimistic, Marvin. <laughs> that's what he believes, um, I wouldn't be agreeing with that. But yeah, listen, if, if that's what he believes it's going to be or he hopes for it to be, then 
you know, fair play to him. We'll get we'll get Marvin's prediction just when his taxi's ready <laughs> yeah. to, to pick him up when he can just <laughs> rev away and, and go off to go off to a, a fire. <laughs> Chris, have you enjoyed it so far down here tonight? Lo- loved it. You enjoyed lo- the Go Radio football I, show? I love it. I listen every night. Driving home. Right. Yep. Who's your favourite pundit on it? Paul Cooney, obviously. <laughs> He's a host. He's a host. Who's your favourite pundit? Mark Weedy. Oh, that's good. That's great. Get Chris a large. <laughs> get it on the house. Paul's down at Wembley, the infiltrator. He's, He's away now. Right, is it? Well, Paul, we're going to get Paul live from Wembley uh, shortly. He's down there in the hospitality boxes. So we'll hear from Paul, see who he's been mixing with, get his view on the buzz down in London and the big smoke. We'll see what he thinks. So, Chris, thank you very much for You're joining welcome. us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Go Radio. Keep tuning in and we'll get more of your fellow Tartan Army. We'll be coming on to join us after the break. We're on the Go Radio Football Show live from the Radisson Red in Glasgow. We'll be back shortly. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. And we are live at the Radisson Red in Glasgow. This is the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Mark Guidi. Delighted to see you joined tonight by the Scotland legend Paul Lambert and an Englishman called Marvin Bartley is also here in Glasgow. He's braving it. This is the only place to be. Although I suspect one or two of might be jealous of Paul Cooney, who has been known this week as the infiltrator, the top man of the Go Radio <laughs> Football Show, joins us live from one of the best hospitality boxes at Wembley Stadium. Paul, how are you? I can exclusively reveal, Mark, that I'm just approaching Wembley now. The traffic has been crazy in London, but the atmosphere with the England and the Scotland fans has been top-notch. Uh, there's some fans coming up here. So I'm in Wembley Way just now. We're just moments away from getting inside the ground. So, yeah, well, Paul, it's kind that... of mayhem here. Uh, you would see, uh, you'd be reporting on the fact that Leicester Square overtaken by the Scottish fans. But, but, but the atmosphere has been, has been really, really good. Yeah, just you know, watching out here as we go in, Mark. So, yeah. Well, uh, how's it going at the Radisson Red? Well, it's going good, but you're, you're right. That is an exclusive because yeah. as soon as you said you're, you're stuck in traffic, all the Tartan Army that have joined as the Go radio listeners are absolutely godsmacked. They thought that you, along with <laughs> Lord Hockey and Sir Tom Hunter, yeah. were actually just dropping into the centre circle on a helicopter. <laughs> well, watch this space. You never know what will happen. But, I mean, it's just a great atmosphere. I'm just looking at Nick, and an England fan there. He is bantering with the Scotland fans. And uh, it's just a great atmosphere. That, uh, yeah, so you never know how we're going to be there. We'll be there in a moment. So I can see the arch there just to my right. Yeah, I'm very lucky tonight there. Not to be uh, here for long, I hope, Mark. I'll be inside. But it's been a wonderful atmosphere. Any big team news I haven't heard yet? Well, well, I was just going to ask you the same thing. What's the kind of buzz in, in London? We've got, we've got Paul Lambert here, as you know. We've got Marvin Batley. The boys are expecting three, maybe four changes to the starting lineup. But the one thing that, that everybody is agreeing about, Paul, is that if Kieran Tierney's fit, even if he's only 75% fit, he has got to start tonight. He's got to start, hasn't he? That, that's what everyone feels here. I mean, that moment on Monday when we revealed that he couldn't make it, then, you know, the air, the oxygen just went out of the room there in the Radisson Red. And I think the nation went, oh, my goodness. But, you know, today we know that he's fit. Surely he will play. And I tell you, a lot of people here, uh, some of the, uh, speaking to fans here, Chelsea fans, Arsenal fans, who've been speaking about Kieran Tierney. And I'll tell you, speaking about Billy Gilmer, and I spoke to one who actually was over in Porto for the Champions League final the other week. And I know that Billy Gilmer, you know, he was in the squad. 
they they think he should play for Scotland tonight. Do you think he will, Paul? Do you think that Steve Clark will give him the nod? <sighs> well, it's it's hard to read, isn't it? Uh, greater minds than, than me would need to read. I, I wonder what Paul thinks about it, maybe, or Marvin, because he's hard to read. You never know with Stevie Clark. But tonight, why not throw him in? Look at the youngsters in the England squad who had sensational seasons. You know, the, the Phil Fodens, the Jude Bellingham. Why not? This might be it tonight. We saw magic from Gaza here 25 years ago, Mark, in the old Wembley, and that was for England. Maybe tonight it's a bit of magic. Is it David right, yeah. Turnbull, maybe? I mean, I, that, right. You never know. Or right, could Paul. it be Che Adams? Is he going to pop up and get, get a goal? This is our cup final. It's a cup final. And uh, oh, some more of the banter there. When yeah. they see some Scotland flags there. But, uh, <laughs> we, can yeah, he- we can hear it's it. It's a great atmosphere. It's yeah. getting picked up loud and clear. And yet, Euro 96, 25 years ago, we were all down there, Paul. We're down there for uh, Paul. Um, it was indeed Paul Cooney's 30th um, that year. And we were down <laughs> We were down for a party at Euro 96. We mentioned Billy Gilmer. I've got two central midfielders sitting with us, Paul. As you know, one's a former Scotland captain. A European Cup winner as well with Borussia yeah. Dortmund as Billy Gilmer. As Paul Lambert, do you start Billy Gilmer tonight? Steve's got a face for poker, that's for sure. So, I, yeah. I, listen, I, I would play him, but I would pull, as I said before, I'd push McGinn up behind Shea Adams. That's, that's what I would do, and I'd push McTormley up one. Whether McGregor or, or Armstrong starts, because I think we've got to get a foothold in the middle of the pitch. If we don't get a foothold in the middle of the pitch, it's going to be a hard game. Because Mount and if it is Rice and it is uh, the boy Calvin Phillips, they'll rotate for fun. And I think we've got to get a grip of it. Gilmer can handle the ball, no problem. I don't have any problem with him handling the ball. People say he's young, but he's playing in really good company at Chelsea. Even albeit he never he never took part in the Champions League final, but he, he's played against I think it was United. United, he was, he was brilliant. Yeah, Man City as well. Aye, but he's got, he's got top players on about him as well yeah. at Chelsea that can help him. We're asking him to probably be the night our main player mm-hmm. in that role to, to to dominate the game. That's that's the only yeah. re- reservation. But you've got one hell of a talent. We we can't lose. That's important, we can't kind of lose. Marvin, on that, how important were you yourself with the greatest respect to Livingston? You've gone in, in a number of games as being the underdog, so how important is it to keep possession, just not to give the ball away? And that's something that looks as though that Billy Gilmore has in his locker for one. He just keeps the ball and keeps it moving. Yes, yeah, easier said than done against the, against the top teams. Um, and again, England are going to be a very, very difficult team to play against. So I expect Scotland are going to, going to try and sit off and, and counter-attack. So... You know, as, as fantastic as Billy is on the ball, I don't expect Scotland to have that much possession in order to use him. I think it's also really difficult after being, you know, losing the first game and then today's game be such a high-pressured one to, to put Billy in as such a young man and, and say, go on then, go, go and win us the game. Um, you know, I think he'll start with more experienced boys in there. I think it's a vital role that, you know, the Scotland, for the Scotland team today in the centre of the park. And as good as Billy is, I, I don't think he'll start today's game, but maybe he'll start the last game. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Paul, down in London at Wembley, we are just going to let you go. Thanks, Mark. We're literally just going in just now. You need your passport, lateral flow test, or proof of jab. So it's about to go inside. And listen, if we bump into anyone that we know you'd want to hear and go radio, we'll give you the news first. Brilliant. Thanks, Paul. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, guys. Cheers. See you later. Cheers. Cheers. Paul Cooney, top man of the Go Radio Football Show, joining us here live from Wembley. But the real main guests are the Tartan Army joining us tonight from the Radisson Red. And Glasgow, and delighted to say that next up is Jamie from Edinburgh. How are you doing, Jamie? Not too bad, yourself? Yeah, good, thanks. And what strips that you've got on? 
It's actually one that Paul might know. It's the ah, 1998 right. league. Scotland I played in that game. Too, that's so right. We beat, it was. We beat Scotland 1-0. That's right. That's, that's, yeah, and you were at the same minute at the time, were you? Yeah, you're right. You can see I've done my homework before yeah, right. that. <laughs> that's a bit scary, that's not it. You can change seats here. We've got a Paul Lambert stock in the room, but we're fine. There's plenty of security. We'll be okay. Jamie, well, escorted in, don't worry. <laughs> we heard from, from Chris, your fellow Tartan Army member there. He fancies 1-0. Scotland, what do you realistically think um, can be the result tonight? I think pessimistically, I would take a draw, but as a Scotland fan, I'm ever optimistic. And again, I'd probably say I won now. And I think maybe McGinn will come up with a bit of magic early on, and then we'll try to ride it out till the end of the game. But I think form and everything goes out the door in these type of games, so it's a who's who's really, isn't it? Jo John McGinn is a name that, that features on everybody's lips, Paul, what he's been doing down south for, for Villa for the past three years. You've been a manager down there at the highest level was John a player that, that caught your eye when he was at St Mirren your old club and indeed at Hibernian was he one that you'd have thought about buying yourself when you were down the road sometimes people can be late developers and I think when he was younger he, he wasn't quite as dynamic as what he is now I think he's bulked up on, on his body strength I, I just love his all round game and he's a really humble kid I think that's the, the big thing I can give him he's, he's really humble he never shies for taking the ball I think Monday, yeah, the game probably passed him by, but he's been brilliant for Scotland. I don't think anybody can take that away from him. But we're going to need him. To, I think we're going to need him to perform tonight for us to get anything. Jamie, we've been speaking about Billy Gilmer. The boys think, yep, he should go straight into the team. Probably one or two were surprised that he didn't play at all on Monday against the Czechs. What would you do with him? I mean, with my Rangers hat on, I'd obviously say he deserves a start. Same with Nathan Patterson, but at the end of the day, Steve's the manager. He knows what's best. He knows who's performing well in training. He knows what his own tactics are, so it's up to him to pick the team. But from a fan's point of view, I'd quite like to see Billy Gilmore get a bit of game time this time. And Nathan Patterson as well, who's obviously in contention as a Rangers supporter. He's performed well in Europe, big games, old film games. He's come in, I take it you would agree that he wouldn't be phased by an occasion like this? No, absolutely. I mean, if you look at how he performed in Europa League this season, he's obviously gave it his all when he came in. I can't remember who it was, but he was on for about five minutes before he scored in one of those games. I think it was Standard Liège, actually. So he's obviously not faced by the big occasion, so there's no reason not to give him a run-out, even if it's just for one half. And in the goalkeeping position, two former Celtic players, so, and you've got the Rangers uh, reserve goalie and, and John McLaughlin, but who would you go for tonight between the sticks? I'll take the Rangers hat off just now, I'll leave McLaughlin on the bench and I'd probably say I'd keep it with Marshall, you know. I mean, again, as the boy before said, it was a wonder goal, and Mark, Martin's agreed as well, it's a wonder goal, so nine times out of ten it doesn't go in again, so stick with Marshall. Just on David Marshall, just before we get into the, the, the team uh, news, we'll be getting it in the next five or ten minutes or so, just take us back as a Scotland supporter, how you felt when he saves Mitrovic's penalty kick in Serbia. It's one of those moments that I'll probably remember for the rest of my life. I mean, obviously, I was born in 96, so I've no real experience or no real knowledge of Scotland being at a major tournament. So for that moment, to him to take us there, it'll definitely stick with me for a long time. Where, where, do you, where did you watch it? Uh, it was probably in the house. I don't think I was in the pub at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Were you jumping about, Daft? Uh, probably, I will say, yeah. <laughs> and, and on that, you're a Rangers supporter. How disappointed are you personally for, for Ryan Jack, but also for the Scotland squad to be missing a player of his calibre for this tournament? No, absolutely. I mean, he certainly comes in and does a job every time he plays. So I was disappointed to see he's injured, but I think there's definitely quality in the Scotland midfield that can step in and replace him. So although he's a loss, I think we can definitely pull through and do it today. Paul, just on that, as we say, it's been 23 years. You were part of the Scotland squad in France. 
98, and, and, and we're talking about, you know, Tartanam are saying Scotland can win tonight, they can do it. But you've been at a major finals, you've played there. The three games with Scotland didn't get a victory. It's not easy. It sounds easy, but once you get out onto that pitch, it's difficult to win a game at international level. Yeah, we beat that Mickey Mouse team Brazil the first game, so <laughs> <laughs> who were, were little bit bad players. So we, we, the first game was always vital. It was always vital, but nobody gave us a chance. But we were, we were unlucky against Brazil. They won't go, obviously, hurt us. But the, the Norway game, we absolutely battered them. We should have, we should have won that. If, that, if we'd won that, the Morocco game might have been a little bit different. But the Morocco game, we were absolutely diabolical and deserved to lose. We, we didn't perform. We deserved to lose and take out the tournament at, at that point. But the, the difference is that World Cup was, was held in one country. Mm-hmm. So you're playing in different venues. We've got the fortunate thing we can play two games at Hamden. It gives us a chance to do it. But this game, I think, tonight is, is totally different from any other game. This is, this is your oldest rivals. Take us... Take us there, what are we, we're one hour, 25 minutes mm. to kick off. Probably the guys will just put in the bus, maybe just pulling up at Wembley, getting a walk on the pitch. Take us back to France 98. How does that feel when you're just, you know, you're getting close to getting into getting changed and getting out for the warm-up? I couldn't wait to get my kilt. It was absolutely, <laughs> it was absolutely roasting, man. We, we went actually on the pitch where kilts wanted to have a look at the pitch. And the, the Brazilian lads were looking as if, well, my God, what are we playing here? These, these guys are off their head. They've got a kilt on. And I just thought at that point, I thought, I'm, I'm taking this off, this thing, this is a nightmare. So I remember just going in there, but I was always kind of quite, quite calm in the dressing room, you know. I was always quite, didn't bother me who I was going to play against or who, what opponent I was against. It was just, that wasn't my, my job, really. And Marv, no, sorry, Marv's just giving me a wee nudge here. No, we're not allowed to ask him if he was a true Scotsman that <laughs> afternoon um, with his dress. Paul can tell us that during the break. Jamie. You said that, uh, obviously, you were born in, in, in 96, so you won't remember France 98, but just give us some of the... What's been the biggest heartache for you as a Scotland supporter when we've, we've missed out on what so many tournaments over the, the past 23 years? I think it was probably the qualification group where we beat, Fra- uh, we beat France, but still never managed to go through. And I remember the buzz. I was in primary school at the time. You know, everyone's coming in, you're buzzing, we've just beat France, and then everyone's like, oh, we're going to go to the major tournament, but then it doesn't end up happening. Um, aye, that was probably the biggest heartache I've had as a Scotland fan so far. And Marvin, just again, in the interest of, of fairness, we've got to bring you in as an England supporter. What's been your best memory of, of watching your, your national team? Well, seeing as you've been like this and, and calling me the token Englishman, it was when Gaza flicked it over, oh, was it Henry's yeah. head, and then put it in the back of the yeah. net. You're an yeah, yeah, that was a, a fantastic moment for me, uh, seeing him do that, especially because he was written off of his first half performance. So, yeah, that's probably the memory that sticks in my mind. Yeah, and as I can say, we're just going to give you the Scotland team and we can tell you it is Marshall just going to shape it up, but quickly, it's David Marshall in goals, it's Steve O'Donnell, Andy Robertson, Scott McTominay, Grant Hanley, Kieran Tierney is in, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Lyndon Dykes, Shea Adams and Billy Gilmer. So that is a start in the living. And right away we can hear the optimism with the Tartan Army. We certainly seem really upbeat. With that starting 11, if we shape it up quickly, it'll be Marshall and goals. It'll be O'Donnell and Robertson as our two wing-backs. It'll be Hanley, Tierney and possibly McTominay can back in to the back three. McGinn and McGregor as our holding mid. Gilmer in beside there and Dykes and Adams up front. That said, Paul, he could go to your back four with that, that line-up, couldn't he? He could just have Robertson and O'Donnell as two full-backs with McTominay and Hanley as two centre-halves. So 
we'll wait and see. There's certainly options there um, to bring them. But oh, sorry, um, Tierney and uh, Hanley is a two centre half. Or do you think he will stick with the, the back three? Because if he is, it's clear that McTominay is going to step back in. He finished the game on Monday yeah. as part of the back three. The fact that Gilmer's in there that maybe suggests that McTominay is going to step back. It looks like uh, listen. It looks like that would they change for back three to four in a space matter a few days. I, I don't. I don't know. I really don't know, but. It's pretty strong here and he's a massive plus. The lad, Gilmer, I think will, will handle it no problem. The two up front, put it this way, the two up front will give England something to think about. That, that's that's a, a, a given that. We've just got to be strong. As I said before, we've got to win that midfield battle. And the three lads in the middle of the pitch, if it is McGinn, McGregor and, and Gilmer, then I think they've got to win that battle in there. Marvin, what do you make of the, the Scotland lineup? We've got the two up front, which is a major talking point. We'll get back to Billy Gilmer. But first of all, Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams up top. Is that exciting to see a partnership at Wembley? Yeah, definitely. And it's brave. You know, obviously, Steve Clark wants to go out there and, uh, and win the game with playing two strikers. I think Lyndon Dykes is a lot better when he has a strike partner. I think you've seen him with his club football at QPI, struggle when he's up front by himself. But as soon as they brought in a fellow striker with him, he's a lot better player. So, yeah, you know, Dykes and Adams together up front is, is super exciting. They just need to get the ball up to them and. You know, provide them with the service, and I, and I believe they'll score. When we read out that Scotland team there, Jamie, we brought it here first on Go Radio. You were cheering. The rest of the Tartan Army were cheering. Does that give you optimism tonight? It does, yeah. I think it's a team of intent. You know, there's height there, there's pace there. I can't see any reason why we can't go and give it a good go now. OK, so, and quickly, we'll give you the England team. We'll shape it up for you in a second. Marv can shape it up for us, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's Pickford, it's Shaw, Rice, Stones... Kane, the captain, is in. Sterling, Phillips, Mings, Mount, Foden and James. That is the England starting lineup. We will take a closer look at that in a minute or so. We will also get the chance to go back through the Scotland team. We spoke about him. We'll touch on him after the break. We're going to go to a break shortly. But, Paul, we did speak about Kieran Tierney, how important he is. You said the left-hand side is tip-top when Tierney and Robertson are teaming up together. How important are they going to be? to help us get a result this evening? I think the two lads are huge. They're going forward and, and defensively, I think they're huge. My only, as I said before, if the two guys were strikers, you'd be sitting here thinking, yeah, we've got a great, a great opportunity. But I just think the two, the, listen, it, Mark, it's, it's not just the two lads. It's every one of the lads that have to go and play in their A game. OK, they will have to bring their A game. We've got our A game tonight at the Radisson Red in Glasgow. We're joined by the Tartan Army on the Go Radio Football Show. Well, thanks to Jamie from Edinburgh for joining us. You can go back and get your pint and get stuck in. We are one hour and 20 minutes from kickoff, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. We're the What a sing-song we're having here at the Radisson Red in Glasgow. The Tartan Army in fine voice. The Go Radio Football Phone-In Show listeners are so good. Even Marvin Bartley's joining in. <laughs> He's giving it loudly over there beside us. And we've got a former Scotland captain, Paul Lambert. 40 caps with his country. A member of the France 98 squad 23 years ago. Paul, what about that? 23 years ago. Frightening, eh? Ah, it's incredible. Never in a million years would you think it took us another 23 years to get a major tournament, but 23 years, I think you were about six months old. So, um, 
and, and you weren't any better looking, so that's, uh, that's, that's the thing. Uh, but no, listen, we, we had a brilliant time. We, had, we played with, uh, listen, I was fortunate, I played with some great, great players. Okay, coming to the couch to join us, he's got, oh, I'm trying to work that one out, Scotland away. 1991. 1991. 1991, when Paul was an under-21 Scotland team, you'd have maybe worn that in the 21s, Paul. I did, I back I then, did, it is Adam from Glasgow. Adam, welcome to the Go Radio Football Show. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Brilliant. We didn't really want you, but you're here. <laughs> what are you thinking for tonight? What do you fancy? After seeing that team, seeing wee Billy Gilmer starting, seeing I'm happy with the team. Strong team. What about Aye. Billy Gilmer? You're, you're delighted, as every Scotland fan does in the room, and no doubt down at, at Wembley as well. What is it that makes you so excited about Billy Gilmer being in the team? I think he's really relatable. Like he's, uh, I've got family from sadly from Solcoats, so uh, they they are they they know him quite well and stuff. And he's been born and through lad, like going through it and stuff. And it's good to see that he's come from the Scottish youth system, gone to Rangers, gone to Chelsea, and it shows that we can produce some good talent from the country. And you, uh, you live in the Parkhead. I do live there, but I don't support them. Oh, you're not a Celtic supporter, no. No. No, Ranger supporter. No, you're you're not ready for this. Go on. I'm an Inverness Caledonian Thistle fan. Oh. Don't worry, don't worry, you'll grow out of it. <laughs> <laughs> One of uh, Paul's former Scotland teammates has just taken over, Billy Dodds. What do you make of that? Big fan of Billy Dodds. I was a bit gutted we couldn't get Neil McCann, but he's got his, he's got his other commitments he had to go to. So I think Billy Dodds will be really good. We've got some good signings. Uh, we've got Michael Gardine just in. Yeah, that's uh, enough about Inverness. We've heard enough about that. We're here for the... the sc- he's going to run through the whole squad. Though, isn't he? He's doing another episode the, on that. Getting back to uh, the, the amalgamation. No, we're not going that far. Mal's really bored. He was giving me a nudge here. That's enough chat about Inverness. Let's talk about Livingston. We're not doing that either. Well done, Marv, on your uh, new role. That's Cheers, just the manager. Well much, I don't Cheers. try and suit back in. <laughs> anyway, Scotland tonight. Both the boys, Jamie and Chris, thought 1-0 to Scotland. That was before the team news came in. What do you think, Adam? I think 2-0 now. Oh, 2-0. Paul's definitely wanting what you're having. It's a West. It's quite nice, actually. The only thing I would say, there's no too many times England don't score. Especially at Wembley. I've got to keep them out. I mean, you look at that. I'm just looking at the front. They've not changed a thing, really. It's only two fullbacks have changed. So they've they've kept it really solid. But you look at the front. I mean, the front's littered with talent there. And Well, we keep them out. I'm not sure we'll keep them out. I think we're going to have to score outscore them. That's, but I don't think they won't score. When you, you mentioned that the talent, if we do touch on, on England for a couple of minutes, um, Adam, Jack Grealish, I mean, I clamoured down south in the media and from the England supporters to get Jack Grealish into the starting lineup. He's not in there. Jack, you gave him his Aston Villa uh, yeah. debut, Paul. Just how special a talent is he and what light was he as a kid when you, when you had him and you were coaching him and trying to get him to the top? First time I saw him, I went to Italy to watch him with Villa were playing Chelsea in the things the Youth Cup final and it was held over in Italy and I went to watch him and the, him and Callum Robinson played really well together and we brought him in when we just threw him into the first team training and he was listen, he hadn't developed then but you could see the talent he, he had a great great body movement with the ball it was a bit it was a bit like the way Brian Loudrop used to play with his body the weaving of the body never blistering speed but he had a great ball control and body movement so and then we threw him in one or two games and took him back out and just tried to nurture him and um, then I left Tim Tim came in Tim Sherwood came in and, and had a little bit of problem off the field stuff which is well documented so he's got that in his locker mm-hmm. a little bit of off field stuff so but regarding the talent he's, he's top class 
they're talking about down the road potentially getting a transfer this summer, mm. whether it's Man United or Man City. I heard Jose Mourinho talking about him this morning as well, saying that he thinks he's ready for that kind of move. Ninety million, a hundred million pounds, some money, Paul. Who's worth that? It's incredible. It's, I mean, as but that's a going rate. You're, you're starting at fifty million for for mediocrity, but the top top ones, they're going to they're going to command that that transfer fee. What do you think of him as an Englishman, Marv? What do you think of Jack Grealish? No, as Paul said, you know he's a fantastic player, a uh, fantastic talent, and like you said, the, the England fans have wanted him in the team. But you've got to look who's keeping him out. It's Raheem Sterling. You know he's never really let England down when he when he's played for them. Obviously, he plays for Manchester City. They've just won the league. Didn't have the best season for him, but I think he's involved in 30 goals. You know, it just shows the levels that he's been at. Also, so you know, Jack Grealish, I'm sure, will play some part during this tournament. Um, hopefully today when you know England a couple of goals up. Paul made a great point there, just talking to, to Adam and saying that it's very, very rare that England don't score um, at home. Would you agree with that? And do you expect them to, to get at least one goal against Scotland? Yeah, definitely. Uh, as we said, you know, you look at their, their kind of their front players. To keep them out for 90 minutes, you're going to have to be, you know, as Paul said again, on your A game. Um, but you know, I don't think there's many teams in in this competition or even in the world that can can defend against you know those front boys and keep them out for 90 minutes. So you know, Scotland are going to have to score at least two goals for me to win the game. Where's the interesting battles? You can see Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, then on the other side you've, you've, you've got John McGinn, you've got Billy Gilmore, you've got Callum McGregor. Where's going to be key for you tonight in, on the park? I think Scotland's uh, left-hand side and England's right-hand side, so with James Foden and, and Calvin Phillips, who also play on that side. Um, you know, whether Foden's going to attract Tierney you know, going forward, it's going to be kind of a game of cat and mouse, or Foden's going to stay forward and say, well, you know, if you're going to leave this gap, then I'm going to exploit the, the other two defenders. So that would be the interesting battle for me. I think Rhys James has been brought in. He's fresh, um, he's athletic, he's, he's strong. And that's obviously to you know, match Robertson going down that side. For you, Adam, are you happy to see Dykes and, and Adams? And do you think they can uh, cause uh, Stones and, and Mings a, a problem or two? Absolutely. Useless to pair defenders. They're not even, <laughs> Mings isn't even a centre-back. Like, he doesn't even belong there. Like, so, absolutely, they're going to dominate them, destroy them. Dykes, another player that's came from the Rats. rather big Ross Totley in there, eh? I love Ross Totley be there. I love Ross Totley. Billy McKay, get them all on. But no, the defended defenders, that's their least like favourable position in England. It's the one they're worried about the most. We'll attack. We've got McTominay, we've got McGinn that can go forward. We've got loads of players that can attack them and make them weak and Scotland 2-0. Well, on that, we were discussing a lot. Obviously, David Marshall's got the nod again, as, as we all expected. We've been discussing the Scotland goalkeeping situation. Is there any um, hope for us with, with, with Jordan Pickford? Because he always looks as though perhaps he might have a, a mistake in him. Is that something that might get a wee bit of joy out of tonight? Possibly. I think so. I think I'm one of the unlucky people that I thought it was a bit harsh, the criticism we got for the Van Dyke injury back in the day and stuff. I felt like it was a bit unfair. Like he didn't deliberately try and do it. So I think that kind of damaged him a wee bit mentally. I feel a lot of people kind of criticised him a lot. But no, I do think he's still a strong keeper, but I can easily see McGinn lobbing it over him. Paul, is, is Pickford a potential weak link? Again, I think he's got a mistake in him. I think you're right. I think he's, he's similar to Craig Gordon. I think he, he, he does some erratic things. I think he's just got that mistake in, in his makeup. But listen, he's had some good games. And you're right, we were saying there that, that after the, the Van Dyke thing, he, he had a ropey spell from it because the criticism was coming left, right, and centre. But yeah, listen, he's a good goalkeeper, but I still think he's definitely got a mistake. Marvin, is he the undisputed England number one, or can you see in time Henderson or, or someone taking over from him? Yeah, I think if Pope was, was fit, the Burnley goalkeeper, you know, I think he would have definitely challenged him for the number one. The thing with Pickford, for me, he gets so emotionally involved. 
you know, his hands are being thrown everywhere. If someone makes a block or somebody makes a mistake, he's, he's so irate. And I think that at times that, you know, does, works against him because then he, you know, goes on to make his own mistakes. So, yeah, for me, at this moment in time, Pickford is, is definitely number one. I think his distribution is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, and, and hope he doesn't make a mistake today because everyone on here is absolutely <laughs> hammering him. <laughs> well, we can see it has just finished just three or four miles from where we are over at Hamden Park. It's finished the Czech Republic 1, Croatia 1. That is the full-time score. That leaves Group D looking like this. Czech Republic are top. They've played two games. They've got four points. England are in second, only played one game with three points. Croatia third, played two games with one point. Scotland of course, we are bottom. We've played one game. We have zero points. It's a 1-1 draw. Paul Lambert, former Scotland captain, with us tonight in the Go Radio Football Show. Paul, what kind of result is that? Where does that leave us? I'm guessing it leaves us at least needing one point tonight and a win against Croatia on, on Tuesday. That was always going to be the case. As I said, if we, if we get a 1-1 draw here, or we do a draw, if we're lucky enough to beat them, then it sets that game up absolutely brilliant. That point has gave Croatia a lifeline. Because if results go against Czech Republic, against England, and, and uh, we get a result, then it's, everybody's in the mix then. So at that point, is not a great one for us. It's also, Bavin, if we can, Scotland, as in we, or as in England, but if we can get to, to four points, essentially, come Tuesday, we're probably looking for, for England to do as a favour against the, the Czech Republic. Remain professional, go and get the job done. But then there's also a chain of thought that you actually don't want to win this group, it might be better to finish second. Oh, now you want a favour from England, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you need a favour. <laughs> Tables have turned up. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're right in what you're saying. But I think Paul said it earlier, Scotland can only concentrate on what they're doing. You know, I think, is it three teams from uh, third-place finishers? They also go through as well, or four teams that finish third. So, you know, if you can be one of those teams, you still go through. And yes, you get a tougher draw in the next round, but, you know, you're playing in the top competition. So... Most important thing for Scotland at this moment in time is the game that kicks off at 8 o'clock. You know, see where they are, come 10 o'clock at night, and then they deal with the Croatia game going on from there. OK, delighted to see we are joined by the Tartan Army in the Radisson Red Hotel in Glasgow. Having a good time? <laughs> we are live, 65 minutes until kick-off. We have got Adam alongside Paul Lambert and Marvin Bartley. Adam, before we let you go, you're saying 2-0. You've been another couple of drinks of beer. Are you sticking with 2-0 or are you going for 3? <laughs> for 4-0 now. <laughs> double, double doing, double doing. Double doing. But I, I just quickly say, I was actually at the Scotland Czech Republic game on Monday and it just kind of proves that they're no mugs, Czech Republic. Like, we all kind of went in thinking we're definitely going to beat Czech Republic and they're not. They're a strong team and the fact they've just got a point against Croatia shows how strong this group is and how we need to get a result against England tonight. I mean, obviously, um, Hamden, only 12,000 in there, but how did you manage to get your ticket? Good on you. I'm not going to say the actual sponsor, but it was a competition win for reasons. But it was a competition win. It was a good win, though. We managed to get it in. So how special, e even though it was a defeat, but how special was it to beat Hamden to watch Scotland play in a major tournament? Oh, fantastic. Like, Flower Scotland was unbelievable. Yes, sir, I can boogie. Fantastic. Like, the stadium was, the atmosphere was brilliant. It was just a shame with the result. And, yeah. But as I said, strong team. And Chair Republic looked really good. And, obviously, it's hard to see that. Chair Republic goal was phenomenal, but what were you what were you thinking of David Marshall at the time? Well, I was too busy looking at the left, like at the side of the pitch, and before I looked to the right, I was like, "Why is there no one in the goal?" And I realised that <laughs> <laughs> he was already running back to try and uh, save it, and yeah, got himself in a Spider-Man situation in the goal. But as I said, we go on, we move on. We'll beat England tonight. We'll beat Croatia on uh, 
Tuesday. And quickly, we, we asked the, the, the rest of the Tartan just very quick from you. When David Marshall saved that penalty against Serbia, how did you feel? Oh, greeting. Absolutely. In the floor. Gone. Absolutely gone. Like, I, I was so happy, ecstatic. I'm a very proud Scotsman, as you can tell from, I don't know, you can see from the camera, I'm a very ginger man. So, oh, it was the best feeling of my entire life. I said, I've been through the, the downs and the main lows of Scotland as well. I said, the James McFadden and goal against France is probably my highlight. As I said, I'm similar age to Jamie, but as I said, that, that save against Serbia was unbelievable. Well, brilliant, Adam. And if ever we need a stand-in for Joe Maguire on the Go Radio News, we know where to come to. <laughs> Listen, that takes us nicely to the break on the Go Radio football phone. And I'm Mark Goody, joined by Paul Lambert and Marvin Bartley. Don't miss it, come back. We are 63 minutes from kickoff. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. <laughs> And we are live at the Radisson Red in Glasgow, the Go Radio Football Show. And the only way to put it, an old Scottish saying, the Tartan Army are tanked up here <laughs> at the Radisson Red. They are thoroughly enjoying it in the company of Paul Lambert and Marvin Bartley. We are now just 56 minutes until kick-off England v Scotland, Group D, Euro 2020. Let's recap the teams for... England, it's a 4-2-3-1. It's Pickford in goals. At the back, James, Mings, Stones and Shaw. They're holding two, Phillips and Rice. And it is Foden, Mount and Sterling in behind the lone striker, the captain of England, Harry Kane. For Scotland, Steve Clark has gone for a very bold selection. 3-4-1-2, David Marshall in goals. At the back, Hanley, McTominay and Tierney. In midfield, O'Donnell, McGregor, uh, McGinn and Robertson and it's Gilmer just off Dykes and Adams or probably McGinn just off Dykes and Adams with Gilmer in beside McTominay earlier on this evening at Hampden Park it's not long finished other game in Group D Czech Republic 1 Croatia 1 which does just hammer home the fact that we do need four points minimum from our next two games and as we said we are joined by Tartan Army Listeners from the Go Radio Football Show competition winners to join us here at the Radisson Red in Glasgow. Delighted to say next to come and join us on the couch is James from Renfrew. How are you doing, James? Very well, thank you. Good. Everybody tipping a Scotland victory. We've had 1-0, 2-0, 2-0. Then we had a 4-0 from Adam. I think it's a, a goal for every pint. <laughs> what are you going for? What's your tip, James? Well, it depends whether I've got the optimistic or the pessimistic head on. Uh, optimistic, I said on Tuesday, 2-1. I think, um, as we spoke earlier on, England have definitely got a goal in them, so we need to be better. Um, so 2-1, and I think She Adams and McGinn will do the, do the job for us. She Adams and John McGinn are going to get the goals for Scotland. We've been praising Steve Clark's team selection. haven't really heard any uh, murmurs of discontent about it. Are you happy with that starting lineup? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, 
Gilmore was probably the, the, the one big question mark along with Tierney. Um, and I think if, again, as I said the other night, if Tierney and Robertson were in the team, then he had to go with two up front. I think London Dykes can be a real handful for the, the centre two for, for England. Are you expecting then Robertson and Tierney just to play the way they've, they've been playing, taking it in turns, getting down that left-hand side and just getting balls into the box to go and attack? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they can either set it up for Lyndon Dykes to have a, have a go at the goalkeeper or um, to be able to drop it off for McGinn possibly running in on it um, and Shea Adams running in on it. OK, Paul Lambert, former Scotland captain, joined as member of the France 98 World Cup squad, also... A teammate of the Scotland manager Steve Clark. He's what's submitting together his boys back in what the, the mid nineteen eighties starting um out there. Just tell us a wee bit about about Steve Clark back then when you're both starting out your careers. Well Steve Steve was actually part time when I first joined St when I was thirteen. I remember going into Love Street and I don't know if these guys might remember a guy called Dougie Sumner who was in brilliant number nine for St Mirren and Stevie and Dougie were, were part time and we we get our days mixed up going into training. So there's no training, and Stevie and, and Doug Sumner were, were training part time at night. And Stevie and Dougie took his out back of Love Street and played two v two, which which was great. Then then I actually signed when I was 15, and then I was I was his boot boy. I actually, was part of the, the ground staff where he had to do the, the ugly side of the game and do the jobs and all that. But he was an incredible athlete, Stevie Clark, a brilliant athlete. And he always looked after us. You know, he was, ne- he was never one of the guys that that this kind of forgot about the kids he always kind of looked after us he could handle himself I'm told good sense of humour he comes across as being pretty doer but a good sense of humour and, and, and certainly when it came he could handle himself as well in addressing him well he could no, he was involved in a fight <laughs> I've seen uh, on the training pitch so I, uh, I can handle himself he's not he's not going to hit you with anything other than a, a good one so um, <laughs> but no he was brilliant was. he was really good and um, then the, he went to Chelsea, you know, just before the cup final with, with St Mirren. So he went to Chelsea and had the career he, he did have. But yeah, no, it, it was great with the young ones. You, as a, when you hung up your book, straight into management, you've had a fantastic career in management. Stevie went down the coaching role, assistant manager to Jose Mourinho, Bobby Robson, Rutil, etc., etc. And then he went to his own West Brom, great couple of years at Kilmarnock, now at Scotland. Have you been happy to see him have that, that journey and, and reach the peak that it's at just now? I think he's one of the good guys. You know, you want to see the good guys kind of do do well. And he, he done really, he did a good job at uh, West Brom when he when he was there. And he's, you're right, what you're saying he's been assistant to Kenny and Josie and people like that. Rude Hula. He's had a great coaching career. And then obviously he's, he stepped into the big one really well. You don't win, the whole nation comes on top of you. When you do one, you've got to be pat in the back and say, right, okay, let's go to the next one. But I, I'd love, he's one of the good guys. Mavin, you came up against Stevie's Kilmarnock teams when you were playing. How difficult were they to, to play against? They were very well drilled. You know, sort of what he's done with Scotland. Uh, they were organised. Everyone knew, knew their jobs. Um, you know, they, were, they weren't reacting to anything. Everyone knew what you know, their teammate was going to do. And I think you see that with Scotland now. You know, he's, he's obviously, a lot of people have been upset with maybe the football that he started out playing. But he knew what was best for, for Scotland. And, you know, he's got them to the Euros. So... You know, he's carried on from kind of the, the, the high he was on at Kilmarnock and, and it's good to see Scotland obviously in the championships now, but you know, just, just not today, maybe. <laughs> just not today, you're right, Marvin. Although I don't think many of us in this room share that <laughs> opinion. But we'll let you away with it. If you look at your, your own country, you look at that England team, if you put yourself, you're now assistant manager at Livy, player assistant, put yourself in Stevie Clark's shoes. 
what the what's the areas of the individuals that really concern you most if you're the Scotland manager in that England team? Well, we're talking about the the attacking boys, so you know Foden, Sterling, uh, and Harry Kane. Also, Rhys James coming, you know, from right back because everyone knows that Foden likes to come inside and almost into like the number ten position. So the space that he does leave, does Tierney take him? Does Robertson take him? You've got to be, you know, aware of Rhys James, you know, going down the outside and. It doesn't get much easier when you look up front and you've got Harry Kane there. You know, a man with fantastic scoring ability. Um, I know Scotland will have, you know, three centre-halves, but, you know, someone has to be marking him because when the ball does go wide, there's almost a tendency to, you know, people to leave him because he does drop a little bit deeper. But, you know, he's, he's probably one of the, the world's best number nines. You know, so to keep him quiet, you know, you go a good way to keep an England quiet. But as I said, you know, him, Foden and Raheem Sterling will be, will be the three players that, you know, Clark will be saying, listen, if we keep these boys quiet, we'll give ourselves a much better chance. I mean... Marvin's right, Paul. You look at that front four. Mason Mount, Foden, Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling. I mean, how do you stop a four that's going to take a monumental effort to keep those four guys quiet? Well, you have to stick one on. You have to stick one on them. <laughs> that's, you have to. Listen, if we go out there and just let them play with the ball, OK, it's going to be a long 90 minutes. Craig Brown was brilliant at it. When, when, we, when we played Brazil, for example... If we say to Brazilian lads, go, just go and knock it around, you wouldn't be a kick. You've got to stick one on someday to make it a fight. You've got to make it ugly, you've got to take them out of their comfort zone. And I mean that by in a, in a right way where put a marker down and don't let them don't let them do what they want to do because they all have a lot of the ball. But somebody's going to have to put it. And Craig Brown was brilliant that way. He, he always made sure one is stuck one on someday. So but with Colin Calderwood, Colin Henry, Tam mm. Boyd, just, just take it in turns? That's it. That, it's a professional game. It's, it's a professional sport. That you, you've got to try and win at all costs. That's the, the beauty about football. You, you can't let people dictate the game. I've never been involved in a game where you say to your team have the, have the ball as much as what they want to have. So somebody's going to have to put one of them on their backside. Is that possible in modern football, though, do you think, Paul? You know, the game's changed so much now. You saw the it's, penalty from the game earlier. It's so soft now. It's changed, Marvin, but you still stick one on it. Yeah. And then if you get booked, you get booked. But at least they think, well, hang on a minute, this guy's, this guy's really up for this. You've got to try and win the game in the tunnel yeah. with, with intimidation. That, that's, that's 100% you've got to try and do it. But once you're out in that pitch, you've got to be aggressive with teams. Well, before Paul sticks one on James from Renfrew, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just going to let him go. But before we do it, James, just give us, again, just give us your, your verdict for, for tonight. I think 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one to Scotland. 2-1 to Scotland, yeah, definitely. And do you think that's going to be enough eventually to, to get us through and get something else against Croatia and get enough to, to qualify for the knockout stages? Yeah, it, it gives us an easier task against Croatia because Croatia won't be an easy task. Um, it means then we can afford to take the draw. Brilliant. Thank you very much. James from Renfrew joining us tonight in the Go Radio Football Show. Yeah, a well-deserved round of applause from the Tartan Army. We're now going to invite Jerry from Mary Hill who's going to come in and join us as well for a few minutes on the Go Radio Football Show live from the Radisson Red in Glasgow. We are 47 minutes away from kickoff. If you're just joining us, where have you been? But we will give you the Scotland starting 11. We're all very optimistic. We think it's a bold starting lineup from Steve Clark. Marshalling goals, 3 4 1 2 at the back. Hanley McTominay and Tierney in midfield. O'Donnell, McGregor, Gilmer, and Robertson. And it is McGinn off the front two of Dykes and Adams. Jerry from Mary Hill is here. Jerry, good to have you on the show. Good to be here. Thanks. Just turn up whenever you like. <laughs> I've been out there waiting to get a call. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had 
I'll say tonight and what the result's going to be. You've just joined us. First of all, what do you think of the team and what do you think the score's going to be? Well, the team, I would say, is the better team for what started against Czech Republic. I think McTominay dropping back to the back gives you a bit of calmness on the ball and then Billy Gilmore also do the same. Hopefully keeps a bit of possession in the middle of the park and gets up the park. So I think it's a good team to go and try and get the points. Most of the guys have gone for a Scotland victory. Do you agree or do you think a point's more realistic? Points more realistic, but home more for three points. Because even after that draw of dates, a three points I think would suit us better. But it's a good. You've got to admit England are a good team, but I think Scotland on their day if they show up, they can they can beat anybody. So here's home. So if I had a one 0 a two 0 a four 0 and a two one, <laughs> who's drinking with a four 0 <laughs> <laughs> The guy upside down in the corner. <laughs> Who? Are, what are you going for? Uh, I'd say 1-0, I'd be happy with that, but probably hiding behind my chair most of it for 1-0, but I'd, I'd take it in, but 1-0 I'd need to go, I think. And what's been your, as a, as a Scotland supporter, what's been your, your highlight? France 98, that was, I remember getting away from school early to go and watch it and all that, do you know what I mean? Um, in between that, there's not been many highlights, you know what I mean? James McFadden's goal against France, everybody remembers that, but the... France 98 is probably, I remember John Collins scoring the penalty and then unfortunate own goal for the 2-1, but aye, so France 98 I'd go for. This man here sitting beside you, Paul aye. Lambert, was in the squad, how good was he for Scotland? Uh, Paul Lambert's a legend in my eyes anyway for the, right, the side of it. everybody, I'm off, I'm off. that'll do, that's enough. <laughs> he's clearly not a Livingston fan though if he's calling you a legend. <laughs> what do you remember about Paul and aye. what he brought to the Scottish game? Well, I was... A Celtic fan growing up, there was a season holder when Paul was at the um, was at Celtic and I actually met Paul before Paul doesn't remember. He was actually at my dad's 40th. <laughs> was he? Aye, aye. Oh no. This, this, is no, this is no going well, this is it. Remember, no we're still well. live, we're live. Aye. It's all right, he didn't do anything wrong, he was actually quite good that night. But I actually met him in the, uh, the day Celtic won the league. I was in the, with the players, I was a ball boy that day at Celtic Park, so I met him in that day. 98 when Celtic stopped 10 in a row? Aye, aye. So I was in the, the kind of players area for that after that, so that's my memories. And Paul's always wondered where his jersey went from that day. <laughs> <laughs> so on eBay. <laughs> Good to have you, Jerry from Maryhill, joining us tonight. Marvin Bartley, you're looking through the the team I've just touched on, the, the England team. I've looked at the front four, formidable, but the holding two as well, Calvin Phillips. And Declan Rice, again, Declan Rice been tipped for a potential move at 70, 80, 90 million quid. I mean, you look through the value of that team, but those holding to Scotland are going to have to produce something special to get beyond them to even get at Stones and Minks. Yeah, and, and that's the partnership that's grown. You know, when they first came in together, I think they were probably both dropping at the same time to get on the ball, and, you know, they neither of them were getting it now. I think you saw in the last game where Phillips was playing a lot higher. You know, normally for Leeds, he is much more of a holding midfielder, but... He's breaking forward, kind of like what McGinn does for Scotland, and, and Declan Rice is going in there and getting on the ball. But you know, as Paul says, they need to get in. You know, Scotland players need to get in amongst them. You know, and ruffle their feathers. You know, not allow Declan Rice to pick up the ball and dictate the play and dictate the tempo. Because if you do do that, it's going to be a long old evening. Um, and, and then again, you've got to watch Kevin Phillips, run, uh, Kelvin Phillips, sorry, uh, running forward. You know, because as I said, he's got a lot of energy. Mason Mount again, another top player. So you look through the England team, and you know they, they are a lot of world stars within that team. But football's not played on paper. You know, we've seen many times. I asked you to put yourself in, in Steve Clark's shoes a couple of months ago. I'll ask you to put yourself in, in Gareth Southgate's shoes. He obviously knows all about Andy Robertson, part of a successful Liverpool team, Tierney on that side as well for Arsenal. 
Do you think England will target Stephen O'Donnell down that right-hand side? Well, I don't think they'll target it. They'll target the weaker side, and it is the right-hand side for Scotland. And also, Gareth Southgate will be saying to the players, listen, if we turn up with our A game and they do the same, we win it. You know, there's no doubt about that. You know, Scotland need England to have an off night and Scotland need to play well without being disrespectful. So, you know, that's always a good thing when you sit in the dressing room and you know if I turn up and, and my teammates turn up and we play to the top of our ability, we win this game. And, you know, that, that's a huge thing going into it. Well, you agree with, with Marvin? I mean, it's not what we want to hear. But no, it really I don't it agree is. With him, no. <laughs> 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 but it's the truth, unfortunately. But yeah, it's yeah. the truth. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, on paper, he's, he's like what you're saying, on paper, England maybe. I wouldn't say player for player because Shaw for me is no better than Robertson. Robertson's Robertson's different class. McGinn was fitting that midfield. McGinn's every team I've seen John McGinn has been excellent. I, I think we're, we're putting ourselves down a little bit because the lads have earned it right. They play against these guys every other week in the Premier League and hold their own. Every time you see the Premiership, you, they hold their own. I don't think they should be inferior. It's just the top end of the pitch. They've got a guy who could be out the game for 89 minutes and Kane and then all of a sudden bangs a goal. That's... To me, that's the difference. The front line is, is really strong. Jerry, as a Scotland supporter, what in particular concerns you about the, the England team in terms of where they can hurt Scotland tonight? Well, it's Paul just at Harry Kane. You've seen the difference where we get the two chances with Lyndon Dykes. I think he should have scored them. I think if they fought at Harry Kane tonight, he scores them. That's, but the, the advantage we've got tonight is McGinn's playing further forward, where I think it'll be a lot better for us and that further forward position, getting us that five, ten yards up the park further than what we were the other night, because I don't think we got it up the park enough the other night. It was just long balls, constant. Do you expect it to be a real backs-to-the-wall 90 minutes for Scotland tonight, Jerry, or do you think they can dictate play for spells? Well, I think that's why Billy McGilmore's playing, to try and make it less backs against the wall. When we get the ball, we can try and keep it. But in terms of, I think they will attack us more than we'll attack them. And... Harry Kane's been getting a lot of applauds, Paul. Again, another one linked at 90 million, 100 million, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, a few clubs sniffing about him. Does he have to go to one of those kind of big four to, to take his career to the next level? To win a trophy, definitely. Because I don't think Spurs, in this moment, don't have a manager. There's chaos at that level. I think if he wants to win trophies, I think he has to leave it. I, I really do. I think Man City or... I mean, Man City are another, another level. Chelsea... But, yeah, he has to leave. OK, we are on the Go Radio Football Show live from the Radisson Red in Glasgow. We are here with the Tartan Army. <laughs> we are 39 minutes from kick-off. Don't go away. We'll be back with some more team news. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. We are live from the Radisson Red on the Go Radio Football Show. We are in Glasgow, the only place to be if you've not got a ticket for Wembley. We have got the Tartan Army with us, competition winners from the Go Radio Football Show. Let's hear it from the Scotland supporters inside the Radisson Red tonight. They are right up for it. We've had everything from a 1-0 win to a 4-0 victory from um, Adam from Glasgow, who is uh, actually an Inverness fan. He's never seen a 4-0 victory in his life. But there's a first time for everything. Adam sitting over there in the corner, 14 pints in, hoping that Scotland will get that 4-0 victory tonight. We'll recap the teams for England in this Group D Euro 2020 clash. And earlier on this evening, it was Czech Republic 1, Croatia 1 at Hamden Park. It's Pickford and goals for Gareth Southgate's team at the back. James, Mings, Stones and Shaw. 
They're holding two Phillips and Rice, and in front of them, it's Foden, Mount and Sterling, and behind the lone striker, the skipper, Harry Kane, the four, Scotland, Steve Clark, a bold starting 11, but it's got the thumbs up from everyone inside the Radisson Red tonight, and Glasgow, it's Marshall and Goals. At the back, it's Hanley, McTominay, and Tierney, the four in midfield, O'Donnell, McGregor, Gilmer, and skipper Robertson. And it is John McGinn in behind the front two of Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams. I'm Mark Guidi, delighted to say, joined by the Scotland legend Paul Lambert and the Livingston player assistant manager Marvin Bartley. Paul, again, just looking through that Scotland team, give us your take on it. Three changes by Steve Clark, and it, it really looks a bold lineup and one that you really you can't find fault with. Stevie's disposal is probably thinks the strongest team that they can get a result whether John McGinn slots back into midfield I'm pretty sure he will without the ball going forward he'll be the one that you want to bomb forward and help the front to so listen, it's probably as best as what we could hope for and Tierney as I said before Tierney coming back is a big help OK we have got the Tartan Army with us tonight in the Radisson Red in Glasgow and delighted next on the couch alongside Paul is Anton from Uddingston how you doing Anton? Yeah, good team. We'll just switch your mic on. It's always a help for live radio. Oh, that's a good start. Brilliant. Well done. You nervous? I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> what are you? What are you thinking? What are you thinking for tonight? Um, I'd like to be optimistic, like the rest of the rest of the crowd here. Like Paul says earlier, I, I can't see England not scoring. Um, maybe I'd like to see a, a two-one to Scotland. Two-one and uh, the goal hero. Megan. Uh, Got to be in with a shout there. Shea Adams as well, I think. McGinn and Shea Adams. Marvin, you know John McGinn well. You played with him at Hibs. Everybody here knows about his ability because they watch him on the telly, see him week in, week out. But I do know he's a bit of a character behind the scenes. He's got a strong personality. He's great fun. Just tell us a wee bit about John McGinn. Yeah, he is a fantastic boy. You know, I think Paul touched on it earlier. You know, within the dressing room, he's, he's kind of like the class clown, you know, when you when you are off the, off the training pitch. But... One thing I say about John when he, he crosses that white line, whether it's in training or in matches, you know, he, he gives 100%, and that's the reason he's playing at the level he is. You know, as Paul said as well, you know, he was a late developer, um, but you've seen him go from strength to strength, and I, I think he can go and play for, a, you know, one of the top four in England. I really, really do. But, you know, off the pitch, he, he's a fantastic guy. You know, he still has the same group of friends as he did, you know, when he was a young boy, and that shows a lot about him. He's not been caught up in the headlights of, of being down in England and, and earning big money. and. You know, he still comes in our, in our group chat and send him silly voice notes and everything else. So. I was going to say that, he's quite keen on an impression or two, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he has a few or a few managers that he's played under. Neil Lennon. I won't name them. But yeah, no, listen, John's a fantastic character and it's so good to see him doing as well as he is. You mentioned there that you can see him, you know, moving on. Probably Jack Grealish will be sort of first out the door at Villa, but do you see John getting that 50, quillion, 50 million quid move in the next couple of seasons well why not you know you're talking about Declan Rice being worth you know 60 or 70 million and, and, and for me he's not a better player than John McGinn you know he really really isn't I think John can do absolutely everything um, I think he's been you know he's been breathtaking in the Premier League also I think he's, he's kicked on again from you know the John McGinn that played in the championship he's him in the Premier League and, and one thing he says to me is Marv these boys don't like it when I'm physical with them he said that they're always moaning so he said I'll just get even closer to them and that's probably what Paul was touching on about, you know, the Scotland players getting in amongst them today. But, you know, he says in the Premier League they don't like that. And, you know, you've seen John pick up the ball and drive past, you know, players who are worth, you know, a lot, a lot of money. So he has to be in that bracket now also. Anton, who's joining us tonight in the top now, I mean, you look at that central midfield area, Anton, and we've got John McGinn, Callum McGregor and Billy Gilmer. What's your, what's your take on that, the, the heartbeat of the team? 
I think it's strong. You've got players that are good on the ball there, that are comfortable on the ball. For me, I think, if I'm the, English, if I'm the England manager, and Marlon's touched on it a wee bit already, I'm saying, to my, I'm saying to my players, get the ball with Sterling. Get the ball. Yeah, his link-up play with Kane is going to be crucial tonight, or down, that, down their left side, down Scotland's right. Um, I think that's where the key battles are going to be. And earlier on at Hamden Park, Czech Republic won Croatia won. Are you happy enough with that or did you, did you want to see would, a uh, Would I like to Czech Republic win with that one, I think. Um, it makes things a little bit more difficult now. Uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be tough, there's no doubt about it. But I don't think it changes what's needed tonight and what's needed again on Tuesday. Sitting here on the couch, how good is it to be beside a former Scotland captain and a, a European Cup winner just sitting two yards away from you, social distancing, of course. Absolutely. He's a great guy, and um, I'm a Celtic fan myself, so absolutely delighted to be here, and aye, good company. And who was your favourite player? Was it Craig Burley, Neil Lennon, Stan Petrol, those kind of good central midfielders? What you were saying. Who was it? Who was your favourite Celtic player? Oh, I mean, I grew up watching Henrik Larsson, you can't see him there. I'll give you that one. Right. On it tonight, Billy Gilmer's one guy that we, that we think, you know, a European Cup winner, the same as Paul. Is Billy Gilmer, do you think he could emerge as a Scotland hero tonight? I'd like to see it. I think it would be great. I think it's, he's, he's one to watch for the next, the next couple of tournaments as well. Going forward, hopefully we get there as well. I think Barry touched on it the other night and he was quite confident that, that Billy Gilmer would be in the team tonight. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting 90 minutes for him, especially, and we'll see. Hopefully, fingers crossed, there's a good game. And David Marshall's got the nod and goals. We've asked most of the guys tonight, but how did you feel when he saved Mitrovic's penalty? Ah, oh, it was brilliant. Uh, absolutely fantastic. It was a strange one. Like you're in, in the middle of, I think it was in the middle of lockdown two or three or 61. I don't know. But anyway, uh, it was, aye, it was a strange one. Not to be with everyone celebrating it, but it was absolutely brilliant. Aye. Okay, before we let you go, Anton. Again, just give us your prediction for tonight. I'm going to say 2-1 Scotland. And it's McGinn and Adams, is that aye, right? Aye. 2-1 for Scotland. Will we settle for that here in the Radisson Red? 2-1 for Scotland. Anton, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Enjoy the game and thanks for listening to the Go Cheers. Radio Football Show. We are going to get another member of the Tartan Army in to join us in a minute or two. We've touched on a lot of players, Paul, but Shea Adams, he didn't start on Monday. He came off the bench half-time, made a real impression how desperate will he be tonight to just get in about Mings and in about Stones he'll, he'll be at it there's no listen no, no two ways about it he'll be at it I think his main strength is running behind and if he can if he can get a head start on Mings and, and the boy Stones then I think he's, he'll, he'll be in but he's played against this company before this, this ain't going to phase him ok delighted to say we're now joined by William Wallace on the kit <laughs> <laughs> it's Ryan from Whitburn who is decked out Head to toe, he's got the kilt, he's got the, the Scotland flag, he's draped on it, he's got the Scotland top on. Paul Lambert, how good is Ryan from Whitburn looking? What size are they biceps? <laughs> bigger my thighs, these things. How you doing, Ryan? I am good, thanks, you? Yes, good. Looking forward to the game tonight? Buzzing. As you can probably tell, buzzing for it. <laughs> so, who are you supporting? <laughs> We're here, we've had 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, 4-0... All victories for, for Scotland. We're going to get uh, Marv's 6-0 uh, prediction for England in a couple of minutes. For you, what do you fancy tonight at Wembley? 2-1 Scotland. 2-1. I'll go for a...
I thought you think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see after the game, won't we? Just <laughs> keep these powder dry. Who's going to be the goal hero tonight, Ryan? I think Adams. And yeah, I would like but Gilmore to come on and grab a goal, I think. Well, they start, we'll give you the starting team. It is Marshall and Goals. Back three, Hanley, McTominay, and Tierney. Midfield, O'Donnell, McGregor, Gilmore and Robertson. And McGinn in behind Dykes and Adams. So certainly... From everybody inside the Radisson Red tonight, the thumbs up for Steve Clark's starting lineup. Are you happy with that, Ryan? Aye, definitely. Aye. I think Gilmore's hungry and he's proven he's playing at a decent level every week, so he should be, I think he should be starting. A decent level, Paul? <laughs> Chelsea, the European yeah. Cup winners. Aye, listen, he's only a young kid, but he's, he's earned merit, so if he, if he could perform, then we've got a real good player in their hands. Actually, just to touch on that, he's saying that he's a young kid, we forget, I think he's 20, 21. Mm. Um, we have got to be careful that we're just not putting too much pressure on these shoulders. Well, I'm a great believer if you're, if you're in this kind of company, I, I don't think you're young anymore. You have to rise to the occasion. As I said before, everybody has to, especially against them, you're going to have to, your A game has to come to the table and he'll be the same. Once he's out there, I don't think you look at him as a young, a young kid because he can handle, he's handled the Premier League, so I don't have any, any fears with him. Marv, do you think Mason Mount, Billy Gilmer, Chelsea teammate, pretty much going to be directly against each other tonight. That's going to be an interesting battle, isn't it? Yeah, and that could have been, you know, some of the, the thinking behind Steve Clark's decision to put him in. Um, you know, he trains with Mason Mount every day and you know, who better to play against him in the Scotland team um, than Billy Gilmore. So, no, it will be fantastic and everyone's touched on there. He is a fantastic talent, a brilliant player um, and he deserves to be there and, you know, hopefully he does go out there and perform today because he, he's somebody that, that I really like to watch. You know, he, he He's way above his, his years. He really, really is. You know, demands from other players. He, he gets on the ball and he, he tries to make things happen. You think, Ryan, he is a, a genuine world-class footballer in the making? I think so, yeah. Um, I think his first, his, his first start in the, the, the FA Cup, was it? He got man of the match. His first start in the Champions League, he got man of the match. So, I think definitely he's one to watch. And as a Scotland supporter, how happy are you to see Kieran Tierney fit and then the start uh, of the He was another must, I think, because for him and Billy to be to start... Yep. Definitely. And can you see Tierney and Robertson getting a bit of joy together down that left-hand side? Aye, aye. Definitely. I think that the two of them that they play quite good together or in the same team, so aye. Paul, Andy Robertson, Scotland captain. You have skippered Celtic. You've skippered your nation as well. Is there more of an onus on him tonight to, 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 be, that, to be that leader? Will he feel more of an onus? Even if Andy Robertson wasn't a captain... He plays the exact same way, and that, that's the sign of a really, really top player. When you play the exact same way, whether you're captain or not, I don't think that'll really bomb. him. So if he wasn't a captain, I think he'd get the same performance for Andy Robertson. That's, that goes without saying. It's just, as I say, it's just a pity. Your, your two best players are probably two defenders, if you want to call them that. England have them in the front area. We've got our two best ones who are, who are defenders and who are, who are really good going forward. But as I said before, it's, it's about putting that ball in the net. You're only as good as your strikers, and that's that's where we just lack a little bit. You think we because we did we missed two or three really good chances mm. on Monday, and as we've seen with other games at, uh, in the Euros in the past week or so, you've got to take those chances. Otherwise, we are we're going to be out of it. Well, that, that's it. That, that's the way it is, and you can have as much ball possession as you want. If you don't finish it, then you're putting yourself on the back foot every time. You've just got to finish it off. And as, as I said before. The great saying is you're only as good as your strikers. If you get a, if you've got a centre forward that can that can put them away, then dear oh dear, what's half the battle? Do you think Kevin Nisbet might get a, a turn tonight, 
Ryan. I hope, I hope so, because he's also been decent. He's been good as well. Um, I can, and he can change things as well quite quickly, so fingers crossed. You've played against Nisbet many times. Um, Marvin, what kind of option, what kind of difference can he bring to the team if Steve brings him off the bench? Kevin's a fantastic finisher. You know, he's kind of like the old <laughs> fox in the box, I used to say. You know, he doesn't get involved in much build-up play. You know, he's not like a dice where he's going to hold the ball up and bring others in, into play, but there's one person you want the chance to finish to, uh, sorry, to fall to uh, within the Scotland team. It's him because, you know, he's got ice running through his veins whenever he's in the box and he's had a fantastic season at Hibs. You know, he came up from the championship with Don Firmly, went to, uh, went to Hibs. You know, again, he's kicked on. He had bids turned down from him in, in the January window and now he's in the Scotland squad, so he deserves to be there and, and he's one player definitely, as I said, you know, if a chance is going to fall to him, I fancy him to put it away. You mentioned goal scorers, Paul, the importance of them. I mean, again, we go back to, to when you were playing for, for Scotland, 97, 98, right into the early 2000s. Who were the guys that when you were standing that tunnel that you looked at and thought, they'll seize all right today if we can just get them that bit of service? Gordon Jury was brilliant for us. I mean, Jury was, I mean, he, what a strong, strong runner he was. You know, he could pitch in Kevin, Kevin Gallagher, could, could pitch in Coisty, could pitch in John McGinley, Duncan Shearer. We had some really good centre forwards at, at that time, and, and Jury, Jury just didn't have power, but he, he had the goals in him as well, and that was that was a major help for us. But we've never been a nation where we're going to beat teams three and four nine. We've never, even back in the great days of Douglish and Soonest and all the guys, we've never ever been a nation where we won four and five nil. And that's a, that you're talking world class players there. That's we just don't breed them for some reason, but we'll see. You're sitting next to Ryan, you say he's just a couple of yards away from you. He's got the kilt on, is it just bringing back those wee memories? Is it just stirring that Brazil game in Paris 23 years ago? I'm not a kilt man, just let you know, right? So I, you look better than I did in it. So that's uh, it's, uh, the kilt's a brilliant thing for, for the Tartan Army, that is brilliant. I wasn't so sure wearing it against Brazil because we looked like. 22 lunatics, I think, you know. <laughs> Marv, as an Englishman, what do, you, what do you think of the kilt? I actually love them. I'm, I'm all over them. I don't have one myself, but I think they do look the part. You know, I, I do enjoy the kilt. That's one thing that uh, I'll take back to England when I do go back down the road. <laughs> well, never mind taking it back down the road. I think if Scotland win the night, Ryan, you give Marv a lot of your have kilt. Been, definitely. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get Marv in the kilt tonight if Scotland win. <laughs> he, can even, he can even have my girls as well. She can take her as well. <laughs> Ah, right, okay, on that one. Right, what have we got? We are 23 minutes until kickoff. It is the big game in Group D at Euro 2020. It's England v Scotland. Earlier on this evening, Czech Republic drew one each with Croatia, so the Czechs top the group at the moment. If you've just joined, there's a Scotland team starting 11 by Steve Clark. Three changes from Monday. It's Marshall and goals at the back. Hanley, McTominay and Tierney in midfield. It's O'Donnell. McGregor, Gilmore and Robertson and it's McGinn just in behind Dykes and Adams Ryan from Whitburn before we let you go, just hearing that team again it's a bold starting 11 but do you think going with Dykes and Adams going with a top 2 is the, the way to go about it? I'm glad he's went with 2 this time I said, like I said earlier in the week if, if he went with 2 up front and played the, the, the right team, I'm confident we can get a result and over the piece do you think we can get to the knockout stages? Aye, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Aye, 100%. 100%, well, you can't get any clearer than that. We're on the Go Radio Football Show. We are live from the Radisson Red in Glasgow. Delighted to say that Paul Lambert and Marvin Bartley are joining us. And we are with 
the Tartan Army. We are 22 minutes to kick off. They are absolutely buzzing. It's anything from a 1-0 victory to a 4-0 victory at Wembley tonight for Scotland. And within the next 20 minutes, we are going to have Marvin Bartley tipping Scotland to win as well. Let's hope they can and get themselves right back in the race for the knockout stages. We are going to go to a quick break and then we, when we come back, we will be on the countdown until kick-off. Join us in a couple of minutes on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Brilliant version of Yes Sir, I Can Boogie, the Fratellis better watch out. We are live here, the Go Radio football show from the Radisson Red in Glasgow and we are with the Tartan Army. What a one hour and 43 minutes we've had. Marvin Bartley, sensationally, is still with us. He hasn't walked out (laughs) despite all the abuse that the Scotland fans have been giving England. He's still... Hanging in there, the Scotland fans are in confident mood. They love the team selection by Steve Clark. If you haven't heard it, here it is. It's a 3-4-1-2. It's Marshall and goals at the back. Hanley, McTominay and Tierney in midfield. O'Donnell, McGregor, Gilmore and Robertson. And it's McGinn in behind Dykes and Adams. We've had the Go Radio competition winners. And with us, we have got another two back up to join us. Hod it and dod it. We've got Jamie from Edinburgh and Adam from Glasgow. Guys, still enjoying the show? Still optimistic? Absolutely, yeah. So, Adam, you went for 4-0. Jamie, you went for 2-1, is that right? Got a bit of breaking news, actually. Just came in there. Apparently, Lyndon Dykes has shaved his head because Phil Foden copied his hairstyle. So, (laughs) he can't deal with it anymore. So, we're going to win now. 4-0. Dykes is going to get a hat-trick now. So, it's a... a What's that, Paul? Paul's what he just came in there, Adam. You remind me, I've just came into my head there. The movie Braveheart, which everybody probably knows, would you hear me, Shinna? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> We've got to get a photo of Adam up on the socials. We've got to get a photo of Adam. And has Adam and Joe Maguire ever been spotted in the same room? Are they different people? We are going to put. We are going to. We are going to put that one. To bed later on tonight. Steve Clark has been on given his pre-match. He is backing Billy Gilmer to do well tonight. He's delighted and confident that Billy Gilmer will do it. He says that the players are right up for it. They have got the fire in their bellies to cause an upset tonight. But also being mindful and respectful towards Gareth Southgate and his players. And rightly so because Marvin Bartley, if Scotland are to get anything tonight, and there's certainly optimism here tonight in the Radisson Red in Glasgow, it's going to take a monumental performance from Steve Clark's players. Yeah, definitely will, but you know, what a night to do it. You know, when you're playing against your rivals, what a night to go out there and, and show them that it doesn't matter if you've got players that are worth more money, you know, we're a better team. And, and that's what Steve Clark would be saying to, to his boys, I imagine, in that dressing room. And it's so good that he hasn't came out here and, you know, played a 4 5 1 and kind of, you know, just sat behind the ball. He said, no, we're going to go and attack. And the best form of defence for us is to attack. I think if they would have came out and just tried to sit behind it for 80 minutes and hit uh, England on the counter in the last 10 minutes, then it would have been a long old evening for them. But, you know, with the team tonight, 
know, England have to be mindful of the ball coming forward to Lyndon Dykes because I think we'll have the better of Stones and Mings, um, you know, when the ball's in the air. You, know, you saw uh, Stones had massive problems when they played against Port Vale in the cup and they had a, a striker similar to Dykes called Pope who was just a target man. He absolutely bullied Stones for, for the 90 minutes. He actually scored a goal as well and the Man City players were buzzing because Pope had given Stones a bit of stick on Twitter pr uh, prior to the game and then went and scored against him. Yeah, so, you know, Dykes will take confidence from that 100%. You know, he's, he's fantastic in the air and, and as Paul said earlier, you know, if Adams gets in the foot race with, with any of the back four from England, then they'll fancy themselves. So if, if Roberts and Artier, they can get that service, get those deliveries into the box, you'd fancy Lyndon Dykes all day long? Yeah, definitely. And it also gives him the option to go from back to front. You know, it might not be the prettiest of, of things to do, but if Dykes has got another striker in and around him, you, you've got the option of doing that. You know, if you are soaking up a bit of pressure and Adams and Dykes are high up the pitch, you can hit Dykes, Dykes on the diagonal and Adams will work off the flick-ons because, as I said, you know, I, I expect Lyndon to win a lot of the ball in the air and those two centre-halves won't want to play against him today. OK, Jamie, Adam, when you look at that England team, as much as you guys are, are optimistic for a result tonight, but you look through it, Pickford and goals, James Mings, Stones and shot the back, Phillips and Rice, the holding two, Foden, Mount and Sterling in behind, Harry Kane. I mean, if Scotland, if your predictions come true tonight, it's going to be, it'd have to go down, certainly in your lifetimes, as the, as the greatest Scotland performance and result ever. No, absolutely. Um, and as Paul touched on earlier, there's mistakes in that England team. Um, I think the defence is particularly shaky. So it will take a miracle because England are obviously a world-class side. But at the end of the day, you know, it's what football is all about. As I said earlier, you know, the form goes out the window. It's Scotland against England, the old enemy and all that. So if we can turn up on the day, get the lucky break. At the end of the day, I think we're actually quite unlucky against the Czech Republic. You know, obviously, there's a few dodgy goals that we gave away. But we were unlucky not to score one or two. So I think at the end of the day, if, you know, on our day, if we turn up right, if things go our favour, why not a 1-0 or a 4-0, as Adam says earlier? Well, Paul, back in November 1999, Scotland played England in a, a playoff for Euro 2000, lost 2-0 at Hamden, but went down to Wembley for the return leg, 1-1-0. Don Hutchison had a Christian Daly nearly made it 2-0. David Seaman had an outstanding save. Now, had it not been for an unfortunate collision between your teeth and George Alberts' knee, you would have played in that game that you were put after the, the, the old firm game, but what light was it to be a part of the Scotland set-up at that time, and does that result albeit it was 22 years ago, but does it give us hope for, th for tonight? Of course it does. In a one-off game, you can win. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. A one-off game can win. They can have an off night. We could be brilliant. The break of the ball can go away. You need so many factors to go your, your way in a one-off game, but it's, it's definitely achievable to win. But as I, say, I keep going back to it, our big players have to step up. But this is what you play football for. This is the level you want to go and higher all the time and progress so for me if the, if the big players turn up we'll bend my shout Champions League winner Borussia Dortmund against Juventus 1997 World Cups with Scotland part of the, the Celtic team that probably won the, the, the most famous league victory to stop 10 in their own 1998 did you get nervous before big games like that did you feel it just you know at that five minutes as you're standing in the tunnel before you before you go out no no I was always I was always Calm, there was never any, any anxiety, never any... You've got to remember, I played with guys that were so unbelievably focused on winning and nothing ever phased us. And when I went, especially when I went to Germany, we, I played with guys that won World Cups and Serie A titles and Bundesliga titles. And you learn it from them. That Whoever I played against, I always thought I was going to beat them. That's, that was my mindset. And I never bothered who, what opponent or what team I played against. It was always what I'd done. And that was, that was my main focus. Is that what, like, 
Andy Robertson and, and Kieran Tierney and, and, and John McGinn and Scott McTominay, is that what they'll be, that mindset, try to instill that into the rest of those guys? I think just Rob, now as, yeah. we, as we sit. I think Robertson will have it because of what he's done with the Champions League. That, that'll it'll put him on another pedestal. That'll raise the bar with him. I think John and Kieran are, are no sample that that level, that intensity. They're, albeit they're playing in the Premier League, but Andy's done it against the Madrids and the things like that and Tottenham's and all that. So that'll put him up higher up than what they two, but they two are no too far behind them. But you'll probably be judged on how many trophies you win. That's that's the secret. When you look through the starting lineups, Marvin, we are nine minutes from kick-off. The players will just be going through the last-minute instructions from, from Steve Clark and his backroom staff, Stephen Reid and John Carver. If you can just try and put yourselves into their shoes, take us into a dressing room. You've played in many, many big games in your career. What's going on in a, in a dressing room just now, just in that final two or three minutes? Well, I think all the hard work's been done, hasn't it? Nothing that the manager's going to say now or the coaching staff are going to say now is going to make too much of a difference. You know, The players know the jobs they need to do. You know, there's probably almost like a lot, a lot of silence between between the boys. They're probably not even speaking. They're probably concentrating on what they're going to go out there and do. They they will be nervous. Let's be honest. You know, it's, it's a it's a huge game and probably the biggest game some of them are going to play at in international football, as the boys said earlier, against kind of the old enemy in, in being England. So, you know, these boys will be confident. I know, I know John was was confident going into this game. Um, you know, he, he believed that he could go and perform on this level. He's done it in the Premier League and. You know, hopefully that rubs off on, on the rest of the players because you want to see a, a good competitive game. And you know, Scotland will definitely be in that dressing room. It's not going to be the biggest upset if they win, is it? You know, let's let's be honest about it. It's not like they're you know San Marino of, of, of ten years ago. You know, Scotland are a good team with good players. You know, let, let's be honest and be respectful about that. So they'll be saying, listen, let's go out there, let's do the best we possibly can, and let's see what it takes us in ninety minutes. Jamie, Adam, do you agree with that? Do you think it's it's it won't be as big a shock as maybe some of us are saying if Scotland won tonight? No, I think it will be a big shock. But I've just seen there, the amount of times they've shown this Gazagol, I think the amount of times they've shown the Gazagol, they've jinxed it, England, personally. So Scotland are going to have to win it. The amount of times they've shown this Gazagol, they're going to win it. Well, Gaz is not going to score against it, I can Gaz tell you that. Gaz is going to score. <laughs> but, as I said, I think that, I think we will win. I, I, I feel confident. I think it'll be a big result for us. As I said, about the heartbreak from Kazakhstan and that back in the day and stuff like that. We're just going to win. I'm sorry. We're not going to get any analysis here. We're going to win. You talk about people having nerves. Did you see that? Mrs. or Mr. Brown's boys are I, 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 I watched it, it was good. Do you, see what, do you see what Colin Henry uh, Colin Calder would done before yeah, Brazil? Great. Colin Calder would goes out the wrong do- or goes out the wrong way. <laughs> That's a guy who's played so many games for Tottenham at the time in Scotland caps. So nerves affect everybody. It's how you feel and what you feel yourself. So some people can be high as a kite, other guys can be as if they're not really bother them. But once you get there they they flip, they change. So but Colin Colin Calder would goes Right I know you're saying you didn't like it, Paul, but I really think that the Scotland team should have wore the kilts for the first game for this tournament. Is that like, like would have been a good? Oh, I know we didn't win against Brazil back in the day, but yeah, we would have done it, especially against the English. It would have frightened them. It would have frightened them. I don't, I don't know about frightening them, but you certainly lost a bit four stone in weight. I think your <laughs> <laughs> kilts were pretty heavy at that time. If McGinn's kilt got lifted, it would have frightened them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have. I've said a change. And we're not going any further into that one. <laughs> just to finally, we're just going to wrap it up over the next two or three minutes. But Paul, you've had 16 years experience in, in management and coaching. How good was it or how impressive has it been the way that Steve Clark has handled the last 72 hours in terms of a disappointment of losing the opening game? But he appears to have just kept a real calmness and a positive mindset about the camp and the way everybody inside the Scotland camp has dealt with the media over the past couple of days ahead of this game. Well, I think Stevie deserves incredible credit. 
without Stevie Clark, you wouldn't have this tonight. So for 23 years, this has never been done. So the four of the crowd in the city and the Tartan Army going to London, without Stevie Clark, this wouldn't have been possible. That's what a I great think. point by Paul Lambert. Let's hear it for Stevie Clark. Six hey, minutes ahead hey. of kick-off. <laughs> 23 years. You're right, though. You just take a wee step back and think about it. You look at what he inherited, even his first couple of games, a couple of games after that. It wasn't pretty to watch, but he got there step by step. It's brilliant. I mean, I, I was in the city today and... and you see the younger kids with the flags and the everything and just absolutely loving it. And that's 23 years in the making that. So it's, it's brilliant. And I don't, I don't discourage anybody going to the game or people here. Absolutely brilliant because we, we, it's about time we had a little bit of joy. We are five minutes from kickoff. We are live in the Radisson Red in Glasgow as the teams come out the tunnel down at Wembley, the Group D Euro 2020 clash. It's Scotland against England. There is Andy Robertson. Adam, Jamie, two of our listeners are with us. What would you give to be one of those Scotland players tonight walking out that tunnel, boys? I'd give it all if I had it. Um, I think even as a fan, I'm buzzing, so I've no idea what the players are going through right now. Um, you could be, as Paul said, high as a kite or as mellow as you like, but at the end of the day, it's just a, a phenomenon that's only happened once in my lifetime at least. So I can only imagine, especially half the team as well, I imagine it's only happened once in their lifetime as well. So I'm as buzzing as they are, obviously. So I'm just looking forward to a good game. Can't wait. And for you, Adam, how would you feel? Going to win. Here we go. <laughs> Three <laughs> points. 4-0. Four four Euros won. Here we go. Adam's up to 6-0 now. 8-0. <laughs> <laughs> 8-0. We're going Come for on, that. Yes! We have got the flower of Scotland. The national anthem is on at Wembley. Scotland players there looking proud there he is Billy Gilmer his first competitive start and we are off and running at the Edison Red we have it we are one minute away from going on we are going to get the predictions of Paul and Marvin Marvin Bartley the Englishman in the room tonight who has been absolutely first class in the Go Radio Football Show Marvin what's your prediction? I think it'll be 3-1 to England. Oh, I just think they're going to just have too much. You know? <laughs> Thank you very much, Marvin Batley. I'm out of it. He's last ever appearance in the Go Radio Football Show. Thanks for that, Marvin. Paul Lambert, former Scotland captain, member of the France 98 squad. What's your prediction tonight, Paul? I think we'll get the point we need. I, I really do. I think we'll get the point we need. Are we going to be... I don't, I don't know. It's a tough one to call, but I think we'll get the point. Everybody in the room here, the Tartan Army, would you settle for a point? Yes. No. Are, you, are you being greedy? You want the three... They're wanting the three points tonight. They're looking for Steve Clark to get a victory. We are just three minutes away from kickoff at Wembley in the Group D clash. If you've just joined us, the starting 11 tonight for Scotland, Marshall, Hanley, McTominay, Tierney, O'Donnell, McGinn, McGregor, Gilmer, Robertson, Dykes and Adams. We have had a brilliant night at the Radisson Red in Glasgow. This has been the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Mark Guidi, delighted to have hosted it this evening with the Go Radio listeners, with the Tartan Army, with Marvin Bartley, with Paul Lambert. Everybody, enjoy the game. It's about to kick off at Wembley. Enjoy it, and let's hope we get a Scotland victory. We'll speak to you on Monday. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was It was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? 
Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.